y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC live stream, the podcast. This show broadcasts out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC and Carla de Puerto Rico. And on this show, we talk about art, creativity, city life from a Latino perspective. I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 73. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And a couple of quick shout outs to some people that we saw at Patches and Pins Expo this weekend Chris underscore PFX, Sneaker Version 88, KD Fox, Dev Kid Lou NYC, and Sharif on Instagram, Got Profit, and Wild Style the Movie. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for giving a quick little shout out on Instagram. And let's get on with the show. What do you say, Carla? Yes, let's get on with it. Oh, yeah. Episode 73. 73, 7, and 3, okay. and 7. Why did I start that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this is the after the... Uh, Patches and Pins Expo show. Yes. Um, all right. The expo was great. I had a great time. Um, good turnout as always. Big shout out to uh, Ricky Flores at Patches and Pins Expo. Um, another great turnout. Always very hospitable. Always very accommodating. Um, also, um, quick shout out to... Uh, graffiti pins dj corrupt he came by yeah um said what's up and uh and then i, I gotta give a big shout out to ryan at stickerfied um for helping me out with the stickers putting the stickers together making sure that they got out on time yeah they came out great um yeah the stickers were awesome they were a big hit people liked them a lot so thank you for that ryan um This episode on the Art Talk, I wanted to talk about my stickers and putting the process of putting these together. Uh, for some of you that know or might not know, I I am on my second series of stickers. Um, this time around, my series of stickers, series two, uh, is a six pack. Mm -hmm. um, and these are laminated stickers. They're about hand size, I guess. They're about the size yeah. of your hand. Um, some are a little bit uh, a little bit bigger. Oh, longer, some, are longer. some are a little longer, yeah. Uh, they can fit on your iPhone, they can fit on your laptop, that kind of size. Yes. They're, they're mostly designed, I designed these mostly so they could be on your black book. Mm -hmm. That's my main, my main purpose of this is for you guys to have stickers to decorate your notebooks, your black books, your journals, that kind of thing, to kind of personalize your stuff. Uh, if you have maybe equipment in the house, maybe a computer, maybe a speaker or something, or, mm -hmm. you know, you put it on that. Uh, your file cabinets, that kind of thing. Um, but I want to talk about the process of putting these sticker packs together because this is my series two and I've been having a lot of fun with this. This has been a nice little product for me. Um, and I didn't think I was going to enjoy it so much until I got to this point, series two, and I'm like, you know what? This is actually a lot of fun. Um, the process of putting these together, basically, let's start with the inspiration. Um, yes. So as we all know, in graffiti, stickers is a thing. Graffiti artists love stickers. We love it. So do skateboarders and that kind of crowd. Um, and 
I think I knew I wanted to do stickers for a long time. I remember people telling me, you know, you should do stickers. You know, that's, that's a big hit. People like stickers. And I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But when I finally decided to sit down and do it, I was like, I want to make them really cool. I want to make them like represent stuff that I do in my black book. Mm-hmm. And instead of just coming up with things out of the top of my head, I decided to actually look at my sketches in my books and say, what out of my black book sketches could I actually bring to life and turn into a full color sticker? And to go even a step further, I was like, what can I use from graffiti walls that I've done and turn that into stickers? What, what actually, what images are strong enough or, or represent me enough that I think would be cool for stickers? And I think that's the process that I've been enjoying a lot. Um, I'll point one out now. Let's say from the new series, series two, um, there's one that I call Tropical Ridges. Mm-hmm. And it's a small sticker, but it's based off of a graffiti piece that I did uh, down at the lumber yard in Brooklyn. And it's on these ridges, on these metal ridge, metal ridge uh, type of fence. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Painting those ridges is a pain in the ass, and anybody who's ever painted ridges knows that it's a pain in the ass because the, the spray paint oversprays, and it's really hard to get into the cracks. Um, it's it's not that it's hard, but it's just tedious to get in there yeah. and start painting, you know, and try not try to get straight lines without a lot of overspray. Um, and I figured, what a what a, a great way to kind of like own that for myself own that experience that bad memory mm-hmm. by turning it into a sticker a fun sticker a sticker that's easy to make yeah and the sticker came out great yeah so I did I made the sticker I traced I grabbed the JPEG of the of the piece that I did and then I brought it into Illustrator and I traced over it made the vector lines and I tried to imitate some of the coloring and some of the fades that I did in it um, but but then amped it up a little bit more made it a little more a little more sticker friendly mm-hmm. um, simplified the, the tones a bit mm-hmm. um, and then I, I made for a background because these stickers are die cut that means that the uh, the silhouette of the shape of the sticker is gonna be cut so what I do is I, I allow the sticker to be die cut and then I give it a background so you can peel away the sticker right, right. The, the actual item yeah and on the background, what I did is I made the little lines for the ridges, so it represents the the, the metal ridged mm-hmm. uh, fence. And uh, and the minute that I printed this out, I knew it was gonna it's gonna be nice. Like I looked at, it, I was like, man, this looks really really cool. It looks fun. Um, but the size is perfect, so I'm taking this gigantic piece, and then the piece, the original piece, is really big. Yeah. And I'm turning it into this tiny sticker, and for me, that's so much fun to like miniaturize. You know, an experience that I had in real life, turn it into a tiny little object like this. It's so much fun. Um, so that's Tropical Ridges. So the process of doing this one is definitely just find a graffiti piece that you've done and <laughs> miniaturize it, right? And work it out. Work it out. Um, and then along the... Oh, work it down. Work it down. Uh, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Right. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then the next one um, I want to talk about is, is the Boneyard Throwy. The Boneyard Throwy is a throwy that I did in Puerto Rico. Yes. Uh, the la- one of the last times that I went to Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't done throw-ups in a long time because that's just, I just gave up on bombing and all that. It's so long ago. But I figured 
that time, I don't know, I got inspired because everybody down there was kind of like into throwies and bombing. I was like, oh, I'll do a throwie. Let me try to do a throwie. But I figured I'll do, I'll do something different. Let me do something a little more signature. So what I did is I, I, I to, before I did a throwie, I just did a quick outline, but then I filled it. Instead of doing a regular throwie fill, I, I filled it with skulls. And I started rendering red skulls inside of my throwie. And then I outlined it with a, with a white can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it was quick. It was like uh, the day yeah, before was, I was going to fly uh-huh. back to New York. And I was just trying to get that last little throw in. And uh, I remember when I finished it, I, w- I took a picture. And I was like, yo, this is so different for me. Like, I, yeah. I haven't really done this. I haven't really done a throw with a with a crazy fill like that. And I haven't done a throw in a long time. This is something that stayed in my memory. You know what I mean? It stayed in my, in my conscious. And... Uh, when I was looking for images for these stickers, I was like, you know what, let me bring that guy back. I mm. started looking through the older, older photos and I found that throw and I was like, this would make a great sticker because it's, it's got an interesting look. It's unusual. Um, but the skulls, the miniature little skulls, once you miniaturize this, this giant throw and you bring it down to a small sticker size, it's a lot of fun. So this is another case, again, where I took a JPEG, brought it into Illustrator, and I started tracing over the skull shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I, I kind of like drew it with the pencil tool in Illustrator, and then I started just creating the actual shapes. Um, and some people that look at this sticker, they might think that it was painted like, let's say, in Photoshop or something. Yeah. But it's not. It's all vector, and it's just a matter of uh, I develop developing that technique of, of grabbing the shapes and just kind of like making little dabs of color until I start to build up, flesh out the, uh, the shape of the skull. And then I start to work on the highlights and the shadows and that kind of thing. And then obviously just trace the white outline on top of that on a separate layer. Um, but this, this is actually a really fun sticker, Boneyard Throwy. Um, and this one is on my, on my phone. I put this one on my phone. It's perfect for the, for the iPhone because the, the iPhone's black. And then this is like nice white, black and red. It looks really cool on it. And it's a perfect size for the, for the phone. Um, yeah, and that sticker is very unique. Like you have, I've never seen a sticker like that. Yeah, even a graffiti sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks very unique. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do maybe more like that. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and then the next one I'll talk about, uh, continuing on the topic of miniaturizing graffiti pieces, is uh, Graph Kingdom. This one is the last piece that I did. Mm-hmm. I did a piece down in that was in brooklyn the space between queens and brooklyn yeah the area between queens and brooklyn uh i think it's cooper avenue yeah i think it's cooper and there was there's a wall that uh it's half shout out to half half's wall um in this uh auto part place and i rocked this piece with greed uh, i think this, was it last summer last summer yeah last summer mm-hmm. and um Just, you know, me and Greed were talking about different themes to do. We always try to invent something different to do, something that we haven't done yet. And I figured we were talking about space girls and wizards and fairies and things like that. And I was like, well, what about, let's, let's stick to wizards. I was like, I like the wizards. Um, let's do something like magical, you know, maybe wizards and like lizards and like kind of do that Cheech wizard style mm-hmm. uh, that I, you know, all graffiti artists remember you know, growing up on that character, the Cheech Wizard character. And I figured, let me just do it my own way, in my own style. So I, I did a character of a wizard with long gray hair, with a hoodie on, and he's got the Cheech Wizard hood on, but he's got like little stars on him. 
And then I made my own lizard character. Um, and then I did my graffiti piece with stars and swirls and funky colors and little mushrooms in the bottom. And mm -hmm. Greed's piece actually came out really cool. He did a two yeah. kind. He wrote two kind instead of Greed. And he did like a crystal ball. And uh, then I did the fairy character above his piece yeah. that looks like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I had done a wizard with a black book. Um, and that, that wall came out really good. I, I had a really good feeling about it when we were done, that it was going to be something nice. And it looks great. I've seen a lot of people repost the pictures. Yeah. And I figured this one would be great for a sticker. So I, I, I took that one. Again, I brought it into... Uh, into Illustrator and I started tracing the uh, the graffiti piece and simplifying the, the tones and everything uh, but what I did here instead of using the characters that I did on the wall I used some of the characters that I sketched previous mm. to the wall in my black mm -hmm. book and I used those sketches as a reference uh, and I traced over those to make the, the sticker happen and on this sticker what I did is I did in the background like a little magical forest with like trees that have skulls in them and little apples that have uh, little skulls in them and kind of kept the colors really light. Um, I outlined the piece, instead of doing it in black, I, I outlined the piece in a, in a light purple and the characters, I outlined them in light tones of their, you know, character colors. So the lizards have light green outline and the wizard has like light brown outline just to kind of keep the colors really bright, especially for these little stickers. It's nice to keep the colors bright because that way they pop and they look fun. Kind of this, this sticker reminds me, the Graph Kingdom sticker reminds me almost like of a, a pack of a pack of bubble gum or something like that. It's yeah. like, mm -hmm. like very bright and fun, and you know, it it's very child it's ch it's childish. You know, what I mean, it's like, like very childlike. It's it's happy. Yeah. You know, but it you know it's graffiti. It comes off of a graffiti piece. And if if anybody's seen this wall in real life, like it's I got we got to take a picture down there. We got to go down mm -hmm. there and take a picture. But it. You know, the walls are so big, you it's know, you see these gigantic. walls, yeah, these walls are humongous. And then you have this little sticker in your hand, a little version of it. It's nice to, yeah. to have a little piece of the wall in your hand, a little inspiration. Um, but again, this sticker is die cut. So the silhouette of the graffiti piece with the two lizards and the wizard there, it's the stickers cut around that. And then the background of the forest stays behind when you peel off the sticker. Um, but this one's really cool. Yeah, that one is really nice as well. Next up, Carla. Which one? Let's talk about the SpaceX one. Oh, that one is cool. Space Girl. That, that one was popular in the convention. Yeah, people like this one. Uh, so the SpaceX, and shout out to Dr. Greedy. He gave me the idea of calling it SpaceX, but using the A3 for, for the, in the word space, use the word A3, kind of like a little visual type twister there um, but it's cool SpaceX so this inspiration came from that time that we were thinking about what to paint on the walls and I started sketching out first we thought we were going to do space girls and a space theme so I was like oh it'd be cool to do girls with like little afros and and uh, you know big poofy hair inside of their space helmets um, and then to to me I was like you know because I'm, I'm a big fan of the whole SpaceX movement you know the the uh the independent uh, space program that's that's happening now. And I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to commemorate that. Um, so I, I, I started sketching these, these space girls. And also Dr. Greedy had sent me an image of, I think it was a, a I don't know if she's a professional model, but it's somebody that he knows, this girl that he knows that models. And she had done some space uh, cosplay looking poses. 
and he sent me an image of it so i kind of used that as reference and you know i sketched a bunch of those and then at the last minute since i since like i said we switched over to doing wizards i never got to use the space girl concept but i still loved it so i figured you know what I'll let me ink it let me take a look at it and then i'll see if i use it for a sticker and boom bap did it for a sticker uh, and it was a lot of fun to, to retrace it in Illustrator. Um, then what I did is I added an A3 to it and made it like really, I want to say, bubblicious. I made it all like bubbly and drippy and glisteny with little highlights and little shadows. Yeah. Um, so it kind of looks like metallic, but kind of alien, kind of wet, alien, mm -hmm. gooey. I think that adds an element to it. And then I used like a purple background, mm -hmm. like a lilac purple kind of theme behind it. So it's it's very like... Got a nice gradient behind it. It's very, I would say it's very trippy compared to other yeah, things. Yeah, it's very trippy. Right? It's kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of. I think the purple gives it that vibe. Yeah. But it's cool. It's cool, and yeah, people like that. And the nice thing about this sticker is I try to go with a square format this time. Yeah. This is my first square sticker, and I think I want to do more of these. I like the square, but I think I'm gonna go a little bigger next time. Yeah. But I do like. Or this. a little smaller. Oh, you think a smaller would be better? Because we were looking at oh, where for, can we can we put it, let's say, on a if phone. we want to put it on a phone or something, it's a tiny bit too big for it. Yeah, this, so the SpaceX one is a little big for a phone, but a little small for, let's say, for like a yeah. tablet or something like that. Yeah. I got to decide which way to go on this one. Yeah. I mean, but I think but those type of characters... Yeah, those type of characters, because they're characters, maybe you need a little bit larger. So you can see more of it? Well, or? I mean, you know, unfortunately, I don't have too many left, but uh, we did the jumbo ones. Oh, uh, yeah, those were amazing. Ryan, Ryan at Stickerfied hooked me up with some jumbo-sized ones, versions of some of these stickers, and the Space Girl one sold out. It was great. Yeah. That one was like, awesome. And um, in, in five Two minutes. Seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, I, gotta, I reached out to him and see if I could do some more of those jumbo ones. I think the jumbo ones are really cool. Yeah. Um, the only issue is, you know, where do you put it? But I guess for exactly. people who are buying it, they didn't care. Yeah, no. They'll find somewhere to stick it. All right, next one that we're going to talk about is this Graph Pixie one. Yes. Which is Carla's favorite. Yes. Why? One of my favorites. Why is it your favorite? Because she looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. She looks like me. <laughs> uh, yeah, this Graph Pixie is a little, again, preparing for that graffiti wizard's wall. I started sketching some some graph pixies. I wanted to do like a little fairy, but kind of give it like a little b-girl attitude with a little earrings and, but still make it like a little fairy. So I gave her little wings. And uh, I did a bunch of the sketches and none of them, only one made it to the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, yeah, I gotta do something with these characters because they're so cute. So I decided to take one of them and turn it into a sticker. And again, I, all I did is I took a photo of my sketch from my black book, scan, uh, dropped it into, uh, Dropped it into Illustrator, traced over it, made the vectors. Uh, I kind of drew in more like sneakers for her. I gave her little Air Jordans and little shorts and a little little thong, a little little tank top, and um, and uh, and then I gave her a background. I gave her like a graffiti background. I took one of my old pieces and put it behind it, so it looks like she kind of like a artsy girl, you mm -hmm. know. And I put a Cortez in pink, uh, Cortez tag in pink, dripping behind her. Um, but like this character is really cute. I think it's it's uh, got a little attitude, but it's still a little little sexy, but a little attitude. You know, not over the top sexy, just kind of cute character. Yeah. Um, but I think this is this is nice because uh, 
I think it represents a character, a personality. Yeah, personality. Right? It represents a personality really well. Mm -hmm. um, and the size is perfect. It's a nice little yeah, cute size. Yeah, that's a really nice. So, yeah, graph pixie. That one's cute. Colors graph are cute pixie. also. Pink Ooh. and turquoise and all those good things. And then lastly, let's talk about this last sticker. I went a little bigger on this one. Yeah, that one is the... the um, Abstract one, I'll say. <laughs> a it, little bit. This is the Can Control Totem. Um, basically, it's a stack of skulls that that are formed on top of a spray can, of a, a jumbo spray can. And the, the totem pole spray can has arms and it's holding up an A3, a big A and a big three graffiti pieces. And then I use these little circles that uh, used to be if anybody remembers the old Krylon cans, they used to have the little color circles. Mm -hmm. I use those circles, a, a, a version of that, um, as a background for this, for this sticker. Um, and this, this idea came from, it came from actually from a sketch that I did on um, my black book. I had done a sketch of this and I, I, I thought I'm not big into totems and stacking the skulls and all that. And like the, like the up high piece that I did at, at five points. And, so I was like, you know, how can I turn this into like a cool image of a character? And I was like, well, spray can be perfect. Um, and when I came around to doing the stickers, I was like, let me give this a try. It'd be a nice challenge. Um, this one was more challenging than the other ones because uh, I didn't want to make it look too sketchy. I wasn't sure whether to go rendered or to go sketchy. I didn't know. Originally, I was just going to go black and white and just make it like an ink kind of looking mm -hmm. sticker, like just black, white stark ink looking but then i was like nah but that's gonna be boring i want to make i want to give it color i want to give it dimension i want to give it rendering so so i went with this more rendered look um and again i used the same technique as when i did the other skull on the boneyard sticker one boneyard throwy one i i kind of like in in vector shapes i just started creating little blob shapes kind of fleshing out the the skull shapes mm. you know the highlights and the shadows um but it was more challenging. This one definitely was more challenging. I, I had to draw it like probably like twice, three times to kind of get it to feel right. Cause it was getting a little stiff and then I wanted to make it a little looser. And then I, I was kind of going back and forth. It looks kind of um, like painted. As yeah. if the sticker was uh, hand brush or something like that. Yeah, the, I think the end result came off more painterly. Yeah. Um, and that's that's good. I think that I did want that. Yeah, it makes it look different. It doesn't look like other uh, regular stickers as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the size, I, I definitely want to go a little bigger because I want to represent the little details and all that. But the size of it, um, I think the sticker's a nice size. It's, it's too big for a phone, definitely. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely a good size for black books. Um, Laptop. Laptops, yeah. It, it fits for that size. And then on the background of the colors, I, I use like a teal gradient, uh, like an aqua to teal gradient, just yeah. to kind of give it pop color. That's another thing. I didn't want to make it, my original sketch, I was very dark and gloomy, and I didn't want to make it too gloomy, especially for a sticker. I wanted to keep it fun. I think my sticker series, they should all kind of feel fun. They should feel like like candy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's what makes them special. Uh, Another thing about these stickers, the series two, uh, my series one stickers, I did some of them laminated and some of them not laminated. And uh, I learned quickly that the, that the laminated ones last longer than the unlaminated ones. Yeah. And that was a shame. I, I didn't learn that before. I didn't know that before. But this time around, I made my whole series, the, the new series is completely laminated, all of them. And that definitely means that they'll last longer. They won't rub off as easy 
uh, mm -hmm. from wear and tear. Um, so that's that's a better thing, and it, and it gives a little more weight. Yeah. You know, when you hold the sticker in your hand, it's a little heavier. It gives a little more dimension when you when you peel the sticker off and put it on something. You can feel the uh, the edge of the sticker on whatever you put it on. So it gives it a little more texture, a little more weight to it. Um, but yeah, but this this sticker series, the sticker series is great. You guys check it out. We're gonna make it go live on the store. Big cartel. Yeah, on the big cartel. So it's Cortez NYC. Dot bigcartel.com. We're going to make it go live this week. Yeah. Um, so that you guys can pick yours up. Um, we're going to be selling them by, by the pack and we're also going to be selling them individually. individually. Mm -hmm. um, at least for a while. Eventually, we'll just yeah. turn it into a pack. Yeah. Um, you know, once we know that people got enough of the individuals that they like. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, uh, you know, hopefully, maybe in, ne in the next five months we'll talk about the uh, graffiti pins see if we yeah. come up with a new line of graffiti pins maybe for the next uh, patches and pins expo <laughs> possibly yeah i mean it was a really good turnout uh also i was selling pins and uh and people were buying pins still buying the uh which ones really sold well the uh tricolor tricolor yeah piggy the tricolor, which is yeah and the piggy patrol sold well and also the the metal bomber yeah, yeah. so almost all of them almost all of them yeah <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean those those pins are great. People definitely have told me like it's very unique, especially the tricolor. People look at it, they see the. A lot of people don't even know what it says, but they yeah. just like the colors. They yeah. think it's a cool graffiti piece. They like the the red, yellow, red, and blue. Yeah, you know, and they uh, they react to that. Um, and then a lot of people came by, man. I ah oh, man, there was a shout out to you, homie, with the big curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I forgot your name, man. I met you. Uh, this is the second time I see you at this convention. Yeah. Um, and uh, really nice guy, man. Shout out to you, man. I, I wish I remember your name. Next time I see you, just please. Or if you're out there and you're listening, you told me you were listening to the podcast. Just give me a give me a, hit me up on Instagram and I'll and I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. But um, thank you for the support. Thanks for the support and yeah. thanks for coming by, saying what's up and uh, talking pins for a little while there with us at the convention. Um, and uh, and met some some really cool new people, man. Sharif, thanks for the uh, wild style pin. He gave me uh, Sharif. I got profit. Uh, came by, said what's up. We talked for a little bit, and uh, we we've been kind of on each other's Instagram for a while. And he hooked me up with a wild style pin uh, from the movie Wild Style, and that's really cool. I have it on my jacket. Fit the colors are perfect on my uh, camo jacket. Um, so shout out to you. Shout out to Kid Lou. Saw you. Uh, good luck with uh, coming out with your pin series. And uh, Carla, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. All right, cool. Culture talk. Culture talk. <laughs> Why culture talk? Why can't you just say culture talk like a regular person, Carla? Because I'm not a regular person. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, um, all right, this is going to be an interesting culture talk because you decided to do what? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit what I found on pins and patches culture. What? And then also um, we're going to talk about the expo, a little bit more yeah. about what we saw around there and it's gonna be um, relative to the pins and patches culture because oh, okay. it's basically everything we saw in the convention. All right, cool. Go, dale, um, hit us. 
So I found some articles from 2016 and it seems like from 2015, 2016 was where the years were uh, pins and patches were getting popular okay. and more because of social media and um, pages like Etsy and stuff like that where artists were really creating merchandise with their art on it to be sold. Okay. Um, well, and Where did you find this information? Well, this is the insider.com and then there's another article on New York Times. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so from the art article on the Insider, it says that um, as part of its look at 2017 trends, Pinterest found that searches for flair have increased 800%. Flair. <laughs> and I started with this because um, flair, I didn't know this, but flair is what is, um, is it called to have a lot of pins and a lot of patches to be to have your basically your um uh jackets or outerwear really well decorated yeah flare. and they said like why flare so flare comes from the 90s um if you have seen the movie office space yeah um you know what are pieces of flare <laughs> yes um and i just watched a, a a little short clip that they added here on the on the article because obviously i didn't know about that movie I, and then i saw what they meant and it was super funny yeah it's hilarious so uh, flare flare mm -hmm. if you guys don't know flare it is referring to in office space there was a there was i think it was uh the, the girl from friends yeah yeah jennifer is it jennifer aniston, aniston? yeah i think, I think it's, it's her, aniston yeah. Yeah, and she was working at a restaurant or like a something like an Applebee's, some mm -hmm. some like that kind of chain restaurant, and and uh, and the boss made her wear buttons and all that on her vest. Yeah. And the whole thing is like you have to wear buttons that were like you know have a nice day and whatever, happy to be here and, and blah, then blah, to blah, express blah. yourself. To express yourself and all that, but you're not expressing yourself, expressing the company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they were calling it flair, and she was all and they were like pushing on her to do this and do that and that. She was all fed up, and I remember she tells the guy off or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, she was saying that the minimum of, of pins that she can wear was 15. And she had 15. And the boss was like, but why do you have only 15? Like, you can have, look at, at your other um, colleague. He has 37. <laughs> and she's like, well, make the minimum go 37. I'll wear 37. And then she's like, fuck off. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But yeah, and then over here in this article, it says that flair is the word used to describe all of those pins and patches that you might have been seeing in assortment of different colors and styles. Yeah. So basically, it's everything to decorate your... Um, yeah, yeah leather jackets, denim jackets, leather jackets, or whatever you want to decorate. De decoration culture is definitely what it is. People yeah. who like to decorate, self-decorate their things. Yeah, and then um, other thing that um, they said here on this article is that uh, the old-school enamel pins have been growing in popularity since 2015, like I said. Um, and they said that they have found a new audience with social media, yeah. with Instagram and Facebook. And like I said, companies like Etsy, um, these trends had basically popped out again and popped up again. Um, and more than anything, because of pop culture. Yeah. And we were talking about this when we were in the expo and even yeah. before going, um, that why is it that there's so many pins of 
basically everything and it not necessarily doesn't have to be um, original art exactly and that's the thing yeah, the I pins mean, that are popular and the patches that are popular are based on movies based on pop, um, celebrities pop, yeah pop, pop culture, culture pop culture reference yeah I mean uh, it's always been like that in mm -hmm. but in the past it used to be it used to be so I mean, me, me being a, a kid that I grew up in the 80s, mm -hmm. um, you know, it used to be that you would have a pin, let's say, let's say you went to uh, the corner store and they were selling pins and things like that. Or if you went to, uh, I don't know, a concert or something, they, were, they had pins at the concert. Let's say if you went to see like a, a really odd group, like let's say Menudo yeah. from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Or, if, or if you were in the United States and you went to see, let's say, New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Or some odd thing like that, right? And or maybe you went to a let's say a, a, a TV showing of uh, a TV show. Maybe you went to uh, Universal Studios and you got like a, a ET the ride pin, mm -hmm. you know, while you were there. Mm -hmm. And that didn't mean like much to you then, but then you wore the shit out of that pin. And then 10 years later, 15 years later, when you're older and you find that pin or you find that jacket with the pin still on it, it's funny. It's like it's like a weird throwback, yeah. right? But that pin originated from the actual companies or right. the actual producers. Right. What's happening now is you have in the patches and pins culture, mm -hmm. you have new creative people mm -hmm. kind of bootlegging yeah. pop culture yeah. and putting out product that isn't official product, but to give it that retro feel. So it's like a throwback feel, but it's new items and new, new pop culture. And that's what's really grabbing people's attention or mixing, remixing like uh, new items with with an old look, mm -hmm. you know, and intermixing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, also a lot of anime, also a lot of like cartoon, you know, like popular cartoon things, but they were kind of remixing those things. Yeah. Um, items that like maybe expressions and things like that that are happening online and people are turning those, instead of making t-shirts, they're turning them into pins. Yeah, and there was another table around there that they had like kind of like the Gucci... Um, icons oh, and really? stuff like that, and the, yeah, and they're turning those into yeah, that's crazy. Chanel. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's Chanel crazy. Icon, but then like with their own touch, you know, like yeah. with glitter or something like that. And you know, you know what? Who I blame for this? I blame, I blame the fact that everybody can, everybody has access to, to some sort of com computer program that can render yeah, things. Yeah, of course. And and some of these, some of these uh, patches and pin, uh, you know, pin makers, that, like you send them. You could even send them a JPEG and tell them to make it for you and vectorize it for you. Mm -hmm. So, so it's not like you know, it's not like it used to be. Nowadays, you can. So many people have access to like these art programs that anybody can sit down and like make a pin and design a pin and get it done as long as you're willing to, you know, pay the pay the price to get them printed up. Yeah, but. and you can and depending on the type of pins that you're doing. But if you're doing those type of buttons, right, type of pins, you can even do it oh, at yeah. home. Oh yeah, yeah, no, those those because those are easy to make. Yeah, those those old school metal yeah. metal back buttons. Yeah. So on another article, the one from yes. New York Times. Yes. Um, this was in 2016, and it says, "In the last year, enamel pins, those old standbys of kids and collectors, have found new favor on Instagram and in the fashion world." Outlets of small companies have emerged selling designs, some grounded in pop culture and others in original art, uh, for around $10, making for a low-cost, high-impact accessory. Hmm. Um, and then they had, they're interviewing a guy that he began making pins as accessories, and now he said that he can live off 
making pins. And that he good for him because I can't imagine that. He said I can. <laughs> he said I can live off pins and make more than a first year attorney. Wow. Hey, um, way to go. Yeah. So it's not only pop culture, but also I think it was on this article that said that for independent artists, it's also a good way to start to see how their art will sell. Um, besides uh, making commission art, yeah. but sell as merchandise. Yeah. And that is a good thing for them basically, like you said, to transform a piece of art into something small, yeah. into something that people can, can um, relate to mm -hmm. and get attracted to. And yeah, and that is a great form for artists to start to develop kind of like uh, merchandise. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that. And that's definitely one of the motivations for why I even started my own pins. Yeah. And then uh, one question that it says on this article and that I thought it was funny is um, one person asked to themselves, like, when when are we going to have a pin con? 5,000 people coming to their peer and trading pins. And then I was thinking, well... We already have the yeah, Fashion we, Sam Pins Expo. Yeah, no, we're there already. Yeah. No, uh, this, this, uh, people have asked me like about the Patches and Pins Expo, like how's the turnout, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm, I'm impressed. This is yeah, the second time I go and I'm really impressed. Me too. Uh, I, I, we went early, mm -hmm. set up the booth. There was already people waiting outside to get in. Mm -hmm. Set We set up the booth. We were there, I think by sometime like, like 1.30 or something. I took a break to go out to get something to eat. Yeah still a line outside yeah. more people outside and yeah. people leaving and still people trying to get in mm -hmm. and and the, the the space was filled and uh and then throughout the whole day there was a there was lines outside and, and there was people walking through walking through the, the whole day the entire day it was 12 to 7 12 to 7 yeah and and there was and we stayed there until 7 <laughs> 7 yeah 720 yeah and and there was a steady flow of people walking around a lot of foot traffic so yeah So there are people for this, and and it, this is just one convention. I'm, I know that there's others yeah. for this, so I can imagine that the crowd is big. And, and I think that the thing about this that is interesting for me, that is unique, and part of echoing some of what you're saying, you know, there, it's a good way for artists to exp expose their art. Um, yes, there are there are some people that are doing it. You can see it in the convention. There are some people that are doing it for their original art mm -hmm. to express their own art, mm -hmm. and there are some people who are just doing it for the pop culture reference to get sales, to get likes, to get yeah. to get people to to shout out their company. Yeah, right? and basically just to sell. Just to sell um, something. Because to sell something, exactly. Right, because they really don't. You know, they'll make a patch, they'll make a pin, they'll make a, they'll make whatever you want. Yeah. You know, some people actually are there to make what you want. They're, they're yeah. offering There their services. There are a services. lot of people asking if you do custom pins or... Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, for me, I think... I think, uh, I, I guess I'm using it like almost like an artist alley kind of. Mm -hmm. well, I used to go to the comic book conventions and, you know, to, and ha be an artist alley and, you know, have my portfolio have some posters have back then i'll just have posters my portfolio and maybe some original pieces and i would do sketches and like people would maybe pay me commission to do some little sketches or whatever that kind of thing and i'm using it the same way this convention the mm -hmm. same way um where i'm like an i'm my own artist creating my own images and i have some merchandise to offer um but i can see 
how this environment is different than the comic book, you know, Comic-Con vibe because yeah. Comic-Con has become so big right. that the booths are so expensive, even artist alley tables are expensive, that, you know, it's kind of like weeding out some of the people that might not be at that level. Mm-hmm. And, and you're competing with... In a comic con, you're competing with video games and movies and, yeah, and, and comic books and everything. And for a comic con, you even have to send basically like a resume and portfolio in order for you to get a table. Yeah, I mean, we you always did. It's a mm-hmm. formality, but it's really the price. It's the price right. of the tables that are so pricey. And and I think the fact that you get lost in this world with with everything else. People are there to see now. People that go to comic con, they want to see the cosplayers. They want to see the video games. They want to see, see the celebrities. They want to see the celebrities. They want to see the they, movies. Uh-huh. You know, they're not really that concerned with an artist alley and, yeah. and who's, you know, who's yeah. really drawing there. Um, so I, you know, I can see that maybe Comic-Con has gotten so big that this is kind of refreshing for me mm-hmm. to kind of see this this smaller convention, but still with a really great turnout and with so much creativity in the room. You know, so many people that are so actively passionate about whatever they're selling, whether it's the original art or their own crazy yeah. ideas. And, and on the Pins and Patches Expo, it's Pins and Patches, but... It's, um, that's not the only thing you find on the expo. Right, um, There were t-shirts, sweaters, hats. Yeah. Um, basically anything that had to do with accessories, I'll say. Right. Accessories or clothing. And what we were talking about that, we were talking about that when we were sitting there. We were looking at people. And, you know, the Patches and Pins Expo, the... the so Comic-Con has the cosplayers, the people that dress mm-hmm. up in, in costumes. That's mm-hmm. the new... Not new, new, but it's the more recent, like, like that's it. Like, that's You're what going people, to Comic-Con, you have to dress up. You have to dress up. up, right? That's the new thing. Like, yeah. that's not the new thing, but somewhat new. Yeah, yeah. In Patches and Pin Expo, the thing is, wear your freaking denim jacket with of all the course. freaking pins and patches that's all over the, it. That's the time you, you have to the, show up. You, <laughs> with all your flair. <laughs> yeah. You see these people walking around, and it's like, they they are the cosplayers. They have pins and patches from head to toe, and they love it and they're showing off their latest purchases and they're you know it's like it's like uh you start to recognize the pins that they're they're wearing yeah you can see the pins that you've seen around on the floor you see it on their chests and you're like oh these people are collecting like legit like new pins and they come to you and then they're showing you we're talking they're showing you the pins that they're wearing exactly it was um i think it was um the guy that that visited us at the table that he had the Darth Vader the Darth that, Vader, that yeah. will open oh yeah, yeah. he had the that Darth Vader really cool. the Darth Vader that opens up it was the old school Darth Vader head uh, the bust um, action figure case uh, I don't know some of you guys might remember that but they used Star Wars used to have for the action figures they used to have a Darth Vader bust that you could open up and keep your your figures in there so somebody turned that into a pin a miniature pin. And it opens up, and inside mm-hmm. the in the in the flap of the pin, inside you see the little figures. But yeah, it's great. It's hilarious. Really, really, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's a nice throwback. Yeah. Um, but no. yeah, but yeah, that that's that's. I remember we were talking about that. And I, was, I remember looking at that and saying, you know, how many pins is too many pins? And right. you know, pin collectors. Okay, so you you go from buying one pin, or maybe if somebody gives you a pin, to mm-hmm. having two pins, to having three pins and four pins. Maybe in the beginning you you get the pins that you really like, mm-hmm. but then in addition to that you get people giving you pins. Right. Possibly some of them are gifts, and then on top of that, then you find the ones that are just odd and you just want to buy them because they're just interesting, right? 
So then now you become a collector because now you have like a different, for different reasons, you have these pins. But at a certain point, you go beyond that. And I think that's when you go from accessorizing to like I mean, cosplaying where you like fully head to toe pins. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, 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 that's the thing about like collectors. And I guess you can collect in different ways, but maybe you can wear some of it on your jacket and then keep others like in a specific place you well, know well yeah there's collectors i've seen online on instagram mm -hmm. i've seen people that have collections of pins where they pin them onto like a bulletin board uh -huh. and they have their whole collection at home yeah so there that's the that's the thing that's the culture right the culture is you have the collectors that collect at home but they, may, they might wear like one or two pins on their items yeah on their clothing or on their book bag or something and then there's people who want to who want to cosplay it. They want to wear the they pins. Wanna wear they want to wear the collection. They want to make a statement with their mm -hmm. accessories. And it's interesting. I mean, in the, it, it's a little jarring because you think about it for a minute and you're like, you see them at right, right on the street and you're like, oh, that's a lot of pins. Yeah. But in the environment, you get it. Yeah, exactly. Like when you're in the convention, you get it. You understand why, you know, it's their time to kind of show off their flair. Yeah. You know, their ultra flair, their mega flair. Yeah. Mega flair. I'm going to make a <laughs> pin of a guy wearing pins. Mega flair. <laughs> um, the other thing that, that I definitely realized at this convention is, you know, you're at the convention, you're at your table, you have so many people with so many things. Some of the tables are just over. There's an abundance of things. There's just too many things to look at. Mm -hmm. And I could tell like people who walk these conventions, uh, the, the pin conventions they they are people who are very detail oriented they are meticulous they like to look at the details they like to really browse and look and see what's going on mm -hmm. and i guess it's just part of their nature that you know they, they they're into the small little accessories so they like to like look carefully um but your items can get lost in, in the there's so many things that are out there and even at your own table you got so many things on your table items can get lost the good things about the pin culture on Instagram mm -hmm. is that Instagram brings them to life. Like you can go to any, if you walk the floor, you get business cards. When you go to their Instagram page for the people that are, that are vending and you see their pins and you see them highlighted, you can really see the details. You really see the details. Yeah. On the pins. Like it, it's definitely something that the Instagram boosts the visual appeal of your pins. Right. Yeah. Um, because you get a real close up and you get that nice quality photo and it's in perfect lighting obviously and you know it really helps i think i think um there is a fusion between the coincidence or the syn the synergy between instagram the timing of instagram mm -hmm. and this whole pin culture and, and that kind of thing because um yeah you're bringing to you're bringing you're enlarging something that's so tiny exactly you know? yeah so it's kind of like weird is that you're taking a graffiti piece you're turning it into a pin <laughs> but then you're taking the pin and enlarging it exactly. on instagram see? so you can see the details you see, see? That? Universal. that's how it works <laughs> <laughs> no, but the Patches and Pin Expo was definitely awesome. We had a great time. Um, and everybody was super nice yeah. and open. And maybe we'll do it next year. Well, it, it will be this year. Yeah, it'll be a few months. A few yeah. more months until the next one.
Hablando español, Carla. Do you have some Spanish for me? And I, I have the one word that I really need to know. Okay, let's start with that one word that you really need to know. Is it is it on your list as well? Maybe, yeah. Okay, how do you say flair? Ah, uh, uh, was not on your list. Uh, you don't, and you don't know what flair is in, in Spanish. Dije, tiene que ser como like un flow. Un flow. <laughs> oh, flair in Spanish is another English word, flow. All right, so yes. over here. Yes, over here. It says on the translators. Yeah. Um, the translators. Instinto, which that's weird. What? Instinct. Instinct is flair. Flair, urge, instinct, instinto. Oh, which I think this is the one. Um, aptitude, aptitude, which also means aptitude, ability, competence, competency. So aptitude. Oh, el talento bueno. Okay. Well. The, that is that is where that comes from. So, yeah. flair, like when somebody says you got a flair for something, is like you have a, what was the word you said? Apti Instinto? No, aptitude? Aptitude, what was the other one after that? Talento bueno. Talento, like a talento, like a, like when you have a flair for something, you have a, a special gift for something, you have a, a way about it, a way about you, you know, a, a style almost, right? That's your flair, the way you do something, right? So I guess you could say, Aptitude. Aptitude. Maybe aptitude. It's an unusual word for Spanish, but okay. Yeah, aptitude. So what was your next word? Um, how do you say exposition? Ah, that's interesting. Well, I don't know if there's... I don't know if people use exposición. I'm sure it's not even a proper usage of that word or even a yes, word. Yes, that's the word. Exposición? Exposición. I was going to say convención. When people talk about an exposition, they... It's different. They talk about a because convention, when, no? Yeah, but the thing is that in convention. English, in English, yeah. for example, the Paches and Pin Expo, more than an expo, is a convention. So it can be, it should be the Paches and Pins convention. But when you say, at least in Spanish, when you say convention, it's like um, a group of uh, vendors or artists that they're showing something. But when you say exposition or exposition, it's for something um, specific of like the, the art exposition, una exposición de arte. All right. So I guess I guess one thing that we have to get to there is the definition of convention versus the definition of exposition, exposition which I think I think convention is is more like a meeting of multiple vendors right, yeah, yeah. working together. Right. While an exposition or an expo is just people presenting. Presenting. To the exactly, public. Exactly, yeah. So so a convention would be... In Spanish, we use both words, but convention is specifically for when different vendors get together in a place to sell or to or, show... Or, ex or exchange... Or exchange, trade. Yeah, to trade and exchange with each other. Yeah. But um, then an exposition is specifically for an artist that is showing their work. And an expo or exposition is for the vendors or the artists to present their work to the public, out to the open. Right. Meaning for people to purchase off them. 
Maybe. No, because because a convention, you're not really selling to the public. A convention. Just for the people that goes. They're not selling anything. You're attending and you're meeting, but you're not actually exchanging money. Mm. When I go to a convention, mm -hmm. like let's say that in the fashion industry, yeah, I'm not going to buy anything. Mm -hmm. There's no selling of anything. We can make a deal and maybe talk about you know, something like a project together, or maybe you might, I might meet with my, my, my buyers and my salespeople and they might mm -hmm. talk about something for the future mm -hmm. in inter-business kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But you're not, the public cannot just show up and buy a t-shirt from you. Mm. All right. But in an exposition, an that expo, you know, I'm, I, the, it's open to the public. You pay, you enter and you can buy whatever you want. There was people selling cookies at this exposition, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snacks for the 420. Okay, <laughs> so retiro lo dicho. El uh, Passions and Pigs Expo, it is an expo. Okay, so expo, exposición. Exposición. And convention? Convención. Got it. Let's move on. Got it. <laughs> How do you say yes. a denim jacket? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, well, first of all, I, I would say, I don't know the word for denim in Spanish. I just always say jeans, jeans. Uh -huh. So I don't, know, I don't know the Spanish word for denim. Jacket is chaqueta. So it'd be chaqueta de, de, de jean. Bueno, en Puerto Rico. Oh, boy. Here we go. Le decimos. ¿Qué le dicen a la chaqueta de denim? Uh, maón al denim. Maon. Maon. Okay. So it would be like a Ch chaqueta de maon. But on um, translator, uh -huh. it's saying chaqueta de mezclilla. Mezclilla? I've never heard mezclilla. I've heard mezclilla before, but I didn't remember that it was for denim. So chaqueta de mezclilla. Chaqueta de mezclilla. That's a good one, mezclilla. So mezclilla, I guess that's the fabric, the actual name of the fabric in Spanish. I had no idea yeah. how to say denim in Spanish. Mezclilla. 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 All right. Chaqueta de mezclilla. All you fashion people out there, all and you fashion designers listening to us. I know I have a lot of fashion designers out there. In Spanish, denim is mezclilla. And how do you say yes. uh, leather jacket? Leather jacket. Chaqueta de cuero. Okay. That one's easy. That one is easy. That one in Colombia, that was that was a big thing. Already? Cuero. Cuero was, yeah, leather, leather goods are a big thing in Colombia. All right. Chaqueta de cuero. <laughs> Do you have any other words? Yeah, what about pin? Pin. I think we talked about this before, and I think um, it was broche. That's the way we say it. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> broche. And then how do you say patch or patches? Um, is it como un parche? Parche? Parche. 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 Right, parche is patch. Yes. Very good, Carla. All right. All right, all right, another episode in the bag. Another episode done. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's try to get back on a routine like we say every week. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to try, guys. It's not easy, but we're trying out here. <laughs> no, but um, you guys look out for the online store, cortezNYC.bigcartel.com. We're going to be making that go live this week. Definitely. And, uh, you know, help support your favorite artist. Uh, buy the new series of stickers. Uh, next episode, I'm going to get back into some drawing talk. All right. And some drawing. Maybe I'll do a drawing tutorial. I'm going to go back to the character thing. I, there's some characters I want to draw, so you get to do that. Sounds good. 
And we will be talking soon. Yes. Peace. Bye.